All right, everybody, welcome to this installment of the Use Guys in That Podcast. We have the whole gang here. I'm really excited. We got a lot to talk about. A lot has happened since the last time we chatted. And I'm sure you know what it's about. And no, it's not Jaws in 3D. Uh, but before we get started, uh, shout out to our sponsor, GorisNexus.com. Be sure to check them out. It's a website listing for those who are free thinkers that offer loads of products from seats, ebooks, publishing, custom knives, coffee, crypto podcasts like ours like jeremiah's like sal's uh dag seeds are on there and they also have a podcast themselves i don't know if i mentioned that already but i do every week anyway so check them out they're our friends and they're good people agorasnexus.com so uh america's longest war eclipsing the revolutionary war eclipsing the vietnam war is finally finally over for now a hiatus at least yes there has been a brief pause in uh in this war in afghanistan i remember not too long ago last month that uh comrade joe biden the, you know he's the president that has dementia he doesn't know what's happening he his his people were telling us that no oh, no the taliban's not going to overthrow kabul no that's not going to happen we have all this infrastructure over here like how could they possibly do that we've installed right. this lovely puppet regime i mean come on guys <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know what we were thinking. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it gets more fun every day that you're above ground. It's it's a lot. It of does. <laughs> it really does. It gets more absurd every day. So, ladies and gentlemen, Kabul has fallen. It has fallen to the Taliban, the Islamic State of Afghanistan from 2001 or four or whatever their whatever year they're deciding to start it has died in 2021 and the restoration of the islamic emirate of afghanistan has returned the taliban mind you joe biden says that you need nukes and f-15s and these people did it with old kalashnikovs and glass bottles gasoline and some other uh you know substances they use to fight and patients and of course their relatives being blown up in drone strikes while going to weddings anyway uh, Angel's got a video for us. We're going to hear the demented one uh, talk and uh, double down and defend himself uh, with his comments about the withdrawal and leaving people behind, by the way. Uh, I know that we all saw the very awful videos of these poor people who I'm sure were promised everything and more that once this day did come, that they would be out of there, that they would have a front row scene on a C-17 uh, uh, globe, whatever the fuck it is, uh, the... the it's the one that's not the C5 Galaxy. Globetrotter. Thank you. That's the big-ass airplane. It's one of you those ready? massive airplanes. Go ahead. Play the video. Play the video, please. I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, mm. I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. <laughs> Clear-eyed about the risk. We plan for every contingency. America's pullout game is not strong. I always promise the American people that I will be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. <laughs> so what's happened? <laughs> Afghanistan's leaders gave up and fled the country. Yeah. The Afghan military collapsed sometime without trying to fight. We trained them for what, 20 years? The yep. developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. 
American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. Mm. We spent over a trillion dollars. Oh, no. We trained and equipped an Afghan military force of some 300,000 strong. We gave them every chance to determine their own future. Mm. You knew this from the start, buddy. Could not provide them was the will to fight for that future. If Afghanistan is unable to mount any real resistance to the Taliban now, there is no chance that one year, one more year, five more years, or 20 more years. <laughs> 20, he's calling it right now. would have made any difference. 21. Afghanistan was never supposed to have been nation building. It was never supposed to be creating a unified, centralized democracy. Our only vital national interest in Afghanistan remains today what it has always been, preventing a terrorist attack on America's homeland. I am oh. the fourth American president to preside over war in Afghanistan, two Democrats and two Republicans. Thank you for the man. I will not pass this responsibility on, responsibility on to a fifth president. Mm. I will not mislead the American people by claiming that just a little more time in Afghanistan will make all the difference. Nor will I shrink from my share of responsibility for where we are today and how we must move forward from here. Mm. I am president of the United States of America and the buck stops with me. Mm. I cannot and will not ask our troops to fight on endlessly mm -hmm. in, another, in another country's civil war, taking casualties, suffering life-shattering injuries, leaving families broken by grief and loss. This is not in our national security interest. Mm. It is not what the American people want. Mm -hmm. It is not what our troops, who have sacrificed so much over the past two decades, deserve. Mm -hmm. So what did they get in return? Like, <sighs> so, so what ended? Like what, what Our... did we get everything we needed? And that's why we're leaving. Like, so what's changed? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if this is anything, cause like, if we, if we want to dive into some shit uh, and all of this is, I guess, conjecture would be, or speculation would be like the right word for it. But like, what I want to do here is basically go through the history of everything that happened I mean, not only leading up to, during, and after the Vietnam War with, like, the Gulf of Tonkin, the entire war that I wasn't even initially declared a war. I don't know if it ever actually was. I don't – that even crazier. Um, and then up to the fall of Saigon and how that parallels with 9-11, the global war on terror, the complete evolution of it, and then the fall of Kabul. Because, like, I mean, as many people have pointed out, it is almost exactly the same. But – my guess now is if like how much how much of this is going to be the same like if we look in the history into the history books like back to the 80s and 90s it's like what what's going to transfer to now it's going to be slightly different in my hypothesis but more or less the same new boss is the same as the old boss but what i think we're doing here is an even larger version of operation cyclone which is originally we were giving the Mujahideen stinger missiles so they could shoot down Russian helicopters in uh, whatever, like what, what did they call that war? I don't even know what they called it. 
but like just, I don't know, just the Soviet occupation. The, the, of the Soviet, yeah, okay. So like our if you read uh, Fool's Errand by Scott Scott Horton, right? Yes. Yeah, so he covers that a lot, pretty in depth, which is uh, basically we knew we wanted to win the Cold War, which I mean it's never ended, but. Russia was sending a lot of money to Afghanistan and that place is a meat grinder that no one has been, was it, has anybody conquered them or was it like Genghis Khan couldn't even make it through Afghanistan? I can't permanently. No. I mean, okay. I guess you could say Islam did because they converted and they're still Muslim. Okay. But that they're still, their tribal identities far more important. And okay. when you piss them off, they stop fighting with each other and they start fighting you. Yeah, that's okay. When are we going to take a page out of their book? One, uh, <laughs> but like in Grand Theft Auto, of course, I didn't just say that. Um, but basically, they're throwing money and resources into this place that no one can conquer. And America's like, okay, we can run them out of money and collapse their economy. And then the Soviet Union will be no more. And then sure as shit, what happened was, I mean, if you shoot down helicopters, those are expensive. They also give air superiority. So if you no longer have air superiority and you're trying to fill that hole by manufacturing more very expensive helicopters and they just keep getting shot down, that's a money pit. Like, it's crazy. So, like, they pulled out in, what, 89 of Afghanistan? I believe so. And the Soviet Union collapsed in, what, 90 or 91? 90, 91. 91. Okay. 91? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I have a notebook right here, but I didn't write that down. Um I need to dive way deeper into this, but basically the Soviet Union collapses and then America's there and they're like, huh, like what if we went to war, but used it to make a lot of money, which is what we've done. Like we immediately started intervening in Afghanistan because the only reason we, in my opinion, if this is anything like the uh, nationalization of Iran's oil in the fifties and we went in with, uh, Operation Ajax to overthrow their elected Shah and give British rights to their oil. It's like, I'm guessing we probably were just doing the same thing, only not only with oil this time, there's a, t- a shit ton of opium, there's a ton of uh, mineral resources, all kinds of stuff. Yep. And who, who even knows what's coming out of there? But we get, we had to get the Russians out of there first, so they couldn't use it. And now it's like, okay, time for us to go. But like, how many people, how, how much would public opinion support that if we were just like straight up, Hey, we're going to go over here and get a fuck ton of resources. And like, it might cost you your son or daughter. I don't think many people would be on board with that, but nine 11 happens, whatever you want to believe about that. It happens. It got us over there. We're looking in all the wrong places. We had been Laden on the run. If he even is the guy. And it's like, he wasn't even in uh fucking, I mean, he ended up in Pakistan, but mm-hmm. like, all the funding came from Saudi Arabia. Like we could, we could do an even deep, we could do an anniversary episode, piss a lot of people off if you really want. Um, I mean, it's, it's coming up. Like we did all the, like it would be like last year, but more concise, but <laughs> basically all that. So that's like, like I'd have to read into the Gulf of Tonkin incident, but it's like, we didn't declare war. You can send Marines anywhere for nothing without congressional approval. So, I mean, now it's like, oh, we're just hunting this one guy down. And it's like, oh, now all of a sudden there's WMDs in Iraq and blah, 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 blah. And now you're locked in a 20-year war. And then at the end of it, so another thing that I was looking into was in Vietnam, you have the Pentagon Papers, which were derived from the RAND program, which was 
they had a shit ton of paperwork that they were getting. They're documenting interviews from captured Viet Cong and uh, North Vietnamese army officers and soldiers, and then putting that together to try to see if psychologically we were wearing down the enemy. And it didn't seem like anybody after a while could reach a consensus on it. So they started bringing in more people, but the more people they brought in, they're like, oh, wait a minute, we might not be winning this war. And this is actually pretty fucked up. And then eventually like documents got leaked from that. And the same thing happened with, uh, what was it, Julian Assange doing WikiLeaks? Uh, all of the classified information that came out about what was actually happening in Afghanistan and Iraq. And it's like, the more I think about it, it's like these people, like, yeah, it sounds like the right thing to do. But something else that I was thinking about yesterday was, what if this is just a counterintelligence thing? What if it's like, oh, shit, there's been a huge leak and now the government's on the back foot. So everybody gets happy about that public opinion for the war drops. But what if they were like, all right, this is draining our economy the same way that it was draining the Soviet economy. We are going to run out of money and it's not going to be profitable. And like if we have a complete economic collapse, the entire country is going to fall apart. But so, OK, so. How do we sway public opinion from everybody that was passionate post 9-11 about everybody that was dying? How do we outweigh the, oh, every person that dies over there, it's dead in vain now if we pull out now. But it's like if you have a huge fucking leak that undermines the entire authority of the operation, a lot more people are going to be like, oh, yeah, we got to get out of there now. We never should have been there. And then it's like, okay, now the government's like, okay, we're going to pull out. There's less resistance. They're like, yeah, everybody's kind of agreeing on that. But something else look at how much shit got left behind look at how fast they left if they okay i've talked to people about this they it's i, I don't know if the process they use is called dermo or what i can't even remember what it stands for but basically it's like if this shit can't stay here we either got to transfer it to another unit ship it back to the united states ship it to get stored somewhere else or blow it up i mean if you're talking like top secret shit computer systems like in these helicopters that they go down behind enemy lines they're sending in pjs to rescue the crew that's alive and they're sending in engineer teams to cut out all the important shit and burn everything else that's important with thermite so that way the enemy can't use it or study it right none of that happened it doesn't look like anywhere that they even try like i don't know if they even tried to ship some of this stuff back it's going to be fucking expensive though so it's like, oh, we don't want to pay the money on it. We also don't want to pay the money to destroy this shit. So even purely from a financial perspective, they are very okay with this falling into enemy hands. Well, here's, here's the question I have for you guys. I brought this up a couple of times, and I understand that the parallels aren't exact. So if you wouldn't mind allowing me some, um, some uh, room to okay. maneuver here. There's something I wanted to come back to just so you well, have yeah, that no, in mind. Of course. Okay. Of course. So I've talked about several times, and it was when uh, Saudi Agoras was on the show, that what it must have been like to be on the island of Britain when the Romans left and said, thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun, but we're going to go ahead and see you later. How many barracks were left behind with swords, short swords, knives, spears, like armor, stuff like that, like where one minute they were here and then the next minute they were gone. And I'm not exactly saying that, that the parallel is with you know um exactly like the reason why they decided to constrict the empire but in a way this is a constriction of the american empire this is yet another satellite that's out in the middle of central uh central asia that is in, in an excellent position to reach tentacles into several different places china being one pakistan being another one and of course the central asian republics like uzbekistan for example 
and of course the minerals and things like that and, and the opium that we all know about that we're going to talk about here in a little bit but i see it almost seems like there's a parallel like one minute they're there and then the next minute it's good luck all of you that you know went ahead and helped us and were interpreters and stuff we really appreciate your service to uncle sugar but uncle sugar's got to go so lots of luck to you and um don't cling to the aircraft you're just going to die really horribly we'll see you later yeah. go ahead okay so based on that alone it's like look at what they did with ancient technology as far as like what like modernity as far as we're concerned like i mean the ak-47 is the most one of the most robust weapons platforms on the planet Can't but it's like there, there are a bunch of people that, I mean, the U.S. trained them, the ones that they trained immediately left, um, but, like, they they were just making shit happen with old AKs and, like, a bunch of farmers, basically. So, either we were powerless to stop them with that technology, or we just weren't really trying, which is still just as bad, because it's like, oh, we're half-heartedly sending these men to die which is terrible, but it's like now, regardless, they have all of this shit. They have, granted, I'm sure we have stuff that's tucked away that hasn't even trickled down to like the mainstream forces yet. That's far more advanced than this stuff. Mm. But if they were actually kicking our ass, you just gave them everything that we were using to try to kick their ass with, and we couldn't do anything with it. And yeah. it's like, think about how much money is just laying around. Like they're going to look at this and be like, okay, this is good. How much do we really need all of this though? They're going to have excess and it's like, yeah, it's good to have excess ammo laying around and a couple of rifles and stuff. But it's like, what about all these vehicles that it's, they don't have enough people for mm -hmm. this is going to end up on a black market somewhere. It's either going to go to China or it's going to go to Russia. People, the cold war is not over. So like we're apparently like, I, I can think of this. So there has to be some department of defense analyst that's like, all right, like we just gave them a few more pieces. How is this going to affect everything long-term? What do we have to think of now? So like then also, if you really, really want to go down a deep rabbit hole, if you start looking at trying to prevent terrorist attacks on American soil or allied soil, now you're going to have literally anybody that looks like they're Muslim or looks like they could be in any way connected to Afghanistan. They could be using American tech in a false flag operation and then whatever evidence is left at the scene they'll be like oh that was supplied by stuff that originally got left over in afghanistan now we have to go back and find who the dealer is now we have to go do all this shit and it's like you just supplied you open pandora's box for this terrible fucking human being lawnmower choose your own fucking adventure global conquest operation and it's like the possibilities are literally endless. And it's like a nightmare to think about it because it's like, I might not be right. But <laughs> what, like, if we're looking at history, I would not be surprised by any of this stuff happening. And neither should anybody else. But I still don't understand why all of a sudden, like, I know like they have been talking about, like, you know, over the past several years or so, like getting out of Afghanistan, et cetera. But it just like, what happened? Like what made that catalyst to look at, look at our economy right end it. Yeah. Look at like, I would imagine the only reason they would leave is if they thought it wasn't profitable anymore or the end, the ends didn't justify the means anymore. Because if we're looking like capitalism, business, corporatism, all of these companies, they're just going to walk away from giving up a fuck to, or walk away from making a fuck ton of money. It doesn't make sense to me. It was like the same thing when Jeff Bezos decided to step down as CEO of Amazon. It's like, what, what's he got going on that's making him more money or what threat is there like 
that all of these people, because it's like before COVID started, you had a congressional meeting. They're all moving stock around before anybody even knows what the fuck is happening. Mm -hmm. And then like the next week, everybody's like, oh shit, there's a global pandemic. So it's like this to me is like, if you've ever heard of like before a tsunami, the tide goes out. Yes. All the water just disappears. And everybody, everybody naturally curiosity driven, they all creep up to the edge and be like, oh, what's going on? But that's the time to get the fuck out of there because that's the early warning that a huge wall of water is about to come in and clean everything out. So it's like, what wall of water is about to hit us right now? What wave are we not seeing? That's a great question. You know what? And that's, I appreciate your perspective. The thing is that we also have to consider too is that we're constantly told that we have to give the security forces and i mean cyber physical whatever more and more power more the greater ability to communicate with each other because they blame 9 11 on the agencies not being able to communicate with each other they talk to each other so damn much they can't even hear what each other is saying how do they not see they either they're lying to you like there's there's so many variables that can be plugged in here plausible deniability <laughs> they told us a month ago that no 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 the taliban's not going to be able to do this it's it, please you need to relax and then it literally happens like in a day and they had no idea it was coming just like all of the uh they had they had what was it the guys that were going through the saudi embassy uh you know before 9 11 who were flagged and the state department said push them through the ambassador called and said hey what the fuck and then yeah, the, the State Department said, you know, or the Department of State, whatever, said, go ahead and push them through. Then there, the guy calls about people trying to learn how to fly airplanes and not learn how to land. You know, no investigation whatsoever. Oh, they like, seriously did not. Like, that's not a joke. That's like they literally didn't want to learn how to land. They were like, nope, skip it. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, no, no. I th see, I always thought I always thought that was actually a joke. No. no, that's yeah. that's legit. holy shit. Even okay. National Geographic yeah. talks about it on their inside 9-11 show. No, there was yeah, no. Nobody, they no. have like an audio recording of this gentleman from the airport that they were training at. Oh my or trying to train at saying, hey, it's really weird. These guys, they don't want to learn how to land. They only want to learn how to take off. Uh, this is like very suspect. Nobody investigated. Like, where I'm going is sort of a one-way ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to know how to land. <laughs> but like, holy shit! Oh, I was just gonna say, it's like, regardless of if this is like intentionally being done or if they're all just that incompetent or overloaded with work that that nobody has the time to look at these little things it's like either way like what well, the fuck is going just on to give you a little perspective so i finished the security studies program and uh my graduate professor was we we had talked about afghanistan last year uh maybe it was two years ago maybe it was two years ago when we discussed it because it's 2021 now yeah it was about two years ago we discussed this and he consults for the Department of Defense and the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I don't know why he's where he is, but whatever. Um, you know, he's a really smart and incredibly intelligent man. But he, he and I kind of went back and forth on it. And he was like, there is no choice. You have to stay in Afghanistan. Like, it was wrong to go in there, but now you have to stay. And there are so many people. What I don't understand. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not me. Now, here's the thing. There are so many people lamenting, like, the war ending is great. It's great for many reasons. Number one, you should have never been there before. Like I said in a private message to uh, to Brian, 
uh, when he and I were talking about this. If we're going to play the game, ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to play the game and we're going to put our little status hats on and we're going to talk about this like we're looking at it from the perspective of perhaps people in the Pentagon, why wouldn't you go after the country that put 17 of the 19 hijackers on airplanes? Why wouldn't you go after the country that's been financing this sort of thing for a long time? Why even the whole country? Like, I'm sure the whole country didn't convene and be like, oh, hey, we're going to do this in like in a year. We're going to sit down and plan this out. Don't tell the U.N. like. No, there's no way. No, no I. These are private interest me. groups. Of course, of course, because when the truth comes out about what's really going on over there, when you have American soldiers defending poppy fields, meanwhile they're throwing you in the clinker if you yeah. have a gram of coke on you. But meanwhile, they're sending American kids to go over there and guard these poppy fields. It's beyond. It's it's beyond my understanding. It makes me so angry. And speaking of angry. <laughs> While we make a transition real quick, we're still in Afghanistan. Oh, man. Don't worry. No, there's, there's more. Brian has so much shit that he, like, we have to. Are you about to tie this stuff. to gun control? Like, are you about to make that jump? God damn it. He keeps reading my mind. Are you getting the notes ahead of time, sir? Are you, <laughs> are you seeing what I'm writing down? No, take so, it away. I just wanted to make sure we weren't about to leave that untouched. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no. See, now, like I said, Mr. Biden says that you don't need an AR-15 along with David Chipman, who is a murderer, and the ATF, which is a criminal terrorist organization. Yes, a child murderer, uh, an incinerator of children. Um, a terrorist organization that they said is a danger to my rights as an American 20 years ago has never once told me what kind of weapon I should have, if my speech in this country should be uh, completely censored, what kind of religion I should have or none at all. The Taliban's never bothered me, not once. In fact, it hasn't bothered anybody that I know. However, this absolute imminent threat to your to your freedom as an American, uh, they have an armory now that would make so many other countries blush. Meanwhile, the president of the United States, like I said, David Chipman, who's a murderer, his ATF organization, which my <laughs> child can't emphasize murder. that enough. Can't child emphasize that enough. Murdering scumbag. Murderer. Thank you. Thank <laughs> the, you for keeping me make honest. Those synonymous. Oh, absolutely. This man, which might as well, like, they're the red coats on steroids, right? I mean, this is the worst. That they're, the ATF is a criminal organization. There's no way around it. It's a terrorist organization. They're going to tell you and I that anything more than a 22, he said that, we played it on this show, it is an assault weapon. Meanwhile, allow me to say, billions of dollars, this is from The Hill, by the way, this is not some right-wing uh, periodical of note, Billions of dollars of U.S. weapons are now in the hands of the Taliban following the quick collapse of Af Afghan security forces that were trained to use the military equipment. Gee, I wonder where they went. Photos have circulated of Taliban fighters clutching U.S.-made M4, those are fully automatic weapons, and M16 rifles instead of their iconic AK-47s. And the militants have been spotted with U.S. Humvees and mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicles. Well, it's, oh, yeah. it's virtually impossible to operate advanced aircraft without training. The Chinese are right over on the other side of the border. They're going to show them how to fly them. Anyway, seizing the hardware gives the militants a propaganda boost and underscores the amount of wasted funds on U.S. military efforts in Afghanistan over the last 20 years. When an armed group gets their hands on American-made weaponry, it's sort of a status symbol. 
It's a psychological win, said Elias Youssef, deputy director of the Center for International Policy Security Assistance Monitor. Clearly, this is an indictment of the U.S. security operations enterprise broadly, he added. It really should raise a lot of concerns about what is the wider enterprise that is going on every single day, whether that's in the Middle East, sub-Saharan Africa or East Asia, the United States spent an estimated $83 billion. I'm going to say it again, $83 billion training and equipping the Afghan security forces over the last two decades. You think they just walked up to him and they're like, hey, how much money could we pay you right now to just drop everything and leave the second that we pull out? Okay, $83 billion? All right, we can do that. Yeah. Between 2003 and 2016, the United States transferred 75,898 vehicles, 599,690 weapons, 162,643 pieces of communication equipment, 208 aircraft, and 16,191 pieces of intelligence, surveillance, and surveillance and reconnaissance equipment to Afghan forces. According to a 2017 Government Accountability Office report, you could probably double those numbers. Hey, you um, remember Modern Warfare 2 when that like satellite went down and the Russians got it? Oh yeah, what a so like how many how many drones and uh, how many drones got left over there that people That's, are going to learn how to hack into? The first thing I thought of when I saw uh, aircraft like sitting on the ground, I'm like, yeah. are the Chinese engineers there now or are they en route? Because all they're going to do is crawl all over that and reverse engineer everything. I think it's time everything. we got a salvaging license and just uh, went a little went on a tour. <laughs> I'll I'll try to look at cheap flights and see what we can get. Um, Let's see. As of June 30th of this year, Afghan forces had 211 U.S. supplied aircraft in their inventory, a separate uh, SIGAR report said. At least 46 of those aircraft are now in Uzbekistan after more than 500 Afghan troops used them to flee the government and Kabul collapsed over the weekend. (laughs) They're in Uzbekistan. I mean, they're probably pretty excited. It is unclear exactly how many weapons have fallen into the hands of the Taliban, but the Biden administration has acknowledged, quote, it's a fair amount. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's a fair amount. Fair amount. It's a fair amount of guns, you know? (laughs) How much Chinese food did you eat at the uh, buffet, Jay? A fair amount. Uh, (laughs) Right. Christ. Um, This, um, this will be uh, in the show notes. Just want to say um, the United States kept aircraft uh, flowing to the Afghans as the military was withdrawing in July. They planned to send 35 Black Hawk helicopters and three A-29s. Um, they, they were not given to the Taliban. They were given to the Afghan National Security Forces to be able to then surrendered the it to the Taliban. Yeah, what was the what was what was South Vietnam? What was South Vietnam's force called? It was uh... Arvin. Yeah. Okay. So again, like copy and paste. We're just fucking copying and pasting here. So um, you have that. That's going to the rest of that's going to be on the show notes. Um, I want to keep the ball rolling here with Afghanistan. Um, This is going to be very exciting for those of you who are anti-drug because apparently so are the Taliban. Real quick, this one is out of France 24. (laughs) Uh, Taliban vow to ban heroin. Wink, wink. But can they survive without it? Heroin production has boomed in Afghanistan in recent years, helping fund no. the Taliban. Now stop it. 
Uh, and experts say they will struggle to wean themselves off of the prop for the profitable trade, despite promises mm -hmm. to do so. Speaking Tuesday at a first press conference that's taking power, Taliban spokesman Zabuhullah Mujahid promised, I, I forgive, please forgive me for mispronouncing that, which I'm sure I did, promised that the new government would not turn the world's leading producer of opium into a fully fledged narco state. That's what we have Mexico for. We right. are assured. Why would you got one next door Come on. to us? Exactly. Why would you buy heroin from Afghanistan when they grow it right south of the Rio Grande? I mean, that's a lot of import. Pro I mean, pricing hey, on the product. I'm sure there's a lot of nuance and like maybe I mean, it's a little bit more pure coming from over there. And it's like, though, we have to put it on a plane. It's still more directly than we'd be able to get it from Mexico. Actually, like logistics. It's insane. We like, had to large there, amounts yeah. of, the, of the heroin from the Jalisco boys. And, and yeah. Like, 83 percent pure yeah, yeah. speaking of uh, talking about drugs in countries too this is a little bit unrelated but something i like talking that about drugs and countries go for it okay so when the united states i'm sure other like i don't know allied forces do this too or have always done it but like what's the one thing that you've heard like when troops interact with children other than killing them like on like good like hearts and minds kind of circumstances like oh. what's, the, what's the one thing that they do they hand out candy yeah they hand out candy yeah what is the most addictive substance known to man sugar sugar, sugar absolutely what is candy if not the most densely packed piece of sugar that you have ever seen especially if you live in one of these countries that like i'm sure some of them have candy but it's not going to be like the shit that's coming from america or somewhere in europe so it's like what do you like you think this is a psychological operation here where it's like every time that children see guys like Americans or the British or Australians or whatever, white dudes walking around in their uniforms and they give them candy every time and they automatically associate that feeling that that sugar gives them with those people. So it's like every time we see them, it's like, oh, like they're thinking candy, but they're really like thinking like it gives a whole new meaning on the term Uncle Sugar. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's like now you have those kids that are going around to their parents, like probably like they probably load them up with a shit ton of candy and then like disappear from the region. And now there's no more sugar. And then now these kids the are like going to scratch. Them. Yeah. Mom, and it's Mom, like you getting that, sh that Hershey's that good shit back. There? But it's literally like the children turning the tide kind of a thing. It's like it makes me think of like 1984 when they indoctrinate the children and get them to turn in their oh. parents and stuff like that. it just becomes a problem for like everybody in the society. It's like, oh, now my kids are addicted to fucking sugar and now they're going to have to fill that void with something else. And now I have to worry about that on top of like all of these other things. It was just something I thought about today. That's a good thought. I, that's a good thought. I, I, that, I, I haven't considered that. I really haven't. Um, but uh, but when it comes to heroin, apparently uh, the world, the vast majority of the world's opium and heroin comes from Afghanistan with production and exports centered in areas controlled by the Taliban, which has taxed the drugs heavily during the 20 year insurgency it has become a key resource for the group that they could struggle to ban it said Jonathan Goodhand, an expert in international drugs trade at SOAS University of London. Drugs will bring out a set of tensions in the movement, he predicted. On the one hand, they want a creative image of themselves as moderate and more open to engagement with the West, and then realize drugs is one of the way of doing this. But on the other hand, any repression would hit farmers in the Taliban political heartlands of Helmland and Kandahar provinces in particular. It's going to be a struggle to take a very aggressive approach to drugs. In his, in his premier press conference, uh, the new boss pleaded for international assistance to provide farmers 
with alternative crops to poppies. We already tried that. We gave them corn. They said, fuck you. We don't make any money with this. And they're right. I mean, how can you compete with Nebraska? Uh, whatever. The appeal for international aid mm-hmm. might prompt hollow laughs from people who worked with the coalition of NATO forces, NGOs, and UN workers of the last 10 years that tried in vain to break Afghanistan's reliance on the poppy farms. So there's a chart here in the uh, article, which be in the show notes. So total op- uh, opium poppy cultivation. So we're talking about in hectares. So in 2008, it was a little bit under 180,000 hectares. Okay. So you had a peak in 17 where it was close to 350 or so thousand hectares. And then it went down drastically in 2019 to below 180,000. And now as of uh, 2020, it's back to almost 240,000, about 224,000. Um, let's see here. Uh, when it comes to opium seized, in 2011, in kilograms, whatever that means, 98,327. And then this year, in 2021, so far, only 886 has been seized. So, I mean, that's, again, this will be in the show notes. It's something to think about because, just remember, we guarded the, well, I don't say we, there is no we here. The United States Armed Forces sent boys and girls to go guard poppy fields in Afghanistan. And then when you shot it up on the streets of Portland... Um, you could go to jail. Not anymore now, but in the in the past. Well, any American city, really. And it's like a lot of car fentanyl, I believe, is coming from China. And it's like if nobody else has influence in that region and there's a ton of opium that needs to be sold. And those are all opiates like derivatives. Like, where do you think that stuff's going to go? That's a great question. Uh, because we have guns and we have drugs now. I'm sure money is in no short supply because of like <laughs> you could just redistribute a few of these things and balance it out. But it's like we just who said we're not nation building. They have their own drug war going on already like they've. You know what? That's one thing I got to give Biden credit for, honestly, when he said that we can't do this anymore with nation building. Remember, this has been a platform of not only Democrats, but Republicans since Woodrow Wilson. It's called Wilsonianism. Like it is a Wilsonian practice to go over and nation build and establish democracies. And him rejecting Wilsonianism is probably the most positive thing that I've heard in a really long time. And I think that it's at least fair to say maybe that's a step in the right direction. Maybe he's just saying we can't do this here, but maybe we could do it somewhere else. We got to perfect. We got to perfect all this bullshit at home before we go do it anywhere. Else. Yeah. And they're being wildly successful. Um, uh. Moving on to something else, more domestic, and I've been telling you fuckers out west are not our, not our you know, not our friends. Our friends, I'm, I'm very sorry for your troubles because it's about to get really, really thirsty. But the rest of you are fuckers. <laughs> yeah, the rest of you fuckers. Let me tell you something. I don't know how you all are growing fucking alfalfa or whatever the fuck it is out west. Yeah, that's some bullshit, I by mean, the way. I mean, I, that shit grows like on the side of my fucking house. The bunny rabbits eat it and they're fucking growing it in the desert. Get the fuck out of here. That's how so- much does it take a lot of water or all I know is that when, when I think of farming, I don't think of Arizona. Well, no. Have you seen what's the movie Rango where it's like they're stealing all the water out there? Like, yeah, of course. Who could forget that? Well, I'm glad you brought this up. This is from a periodical of of note, not of great note. Just note the review journal out of Las Vegas, Nevada. 
uh, the home of not RoboCop. It's um, not the Billings Gazette. It, no, please don't even put it in the same sentence. The as home the Billings of RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> that's Detroit. Never mind. Yeah, that's Detroit. Moving on. Moving on. I don't, the home of Holy I don't know. Uh, Cirque de Soleil. Whatever uh, buffets that I hear that are not as good as I thought they were, and that was the only reason I was going to go to Las Vegas. It, it's a shame. I'm there for the buffet. I'm. 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 I'm like, very yeah, food motivated. I, Maybe that's just what they tell people like you to get you to or to keep you from going. So they have more buffets to themselves. Right. Why do you got to go there now? I yeah. think I'm being had <laughs> ah, quiz time. Maybe what's the answer? I don't know. The answer is <laughs> fucking Las Vegas. Fuck you. And you're drinking all the water. This would have. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Lake Mead will experience its first federally declared water shortage next year. The declaration triggered by water levels released. Uh, projections released Monday by the United States Bureau of Reclamation. I don't like the way that sounds, reclamation. It reminds me of something very nefarious. Will force Nevada to slash its allocation of the Colorado River water in 2022. The announcement today is a recognition that the hydrology that was planned for a year ago, or years ago, excuse me, but we hope would never see is here. The Bureau said the Deputy Commissioner Camille Kalimim Tote Towton, damn, these words are tough today. Kalima. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Who was that that played him? Telly Savalas. Was that Telly Savalas that played I'm not sure. Angel Molaram? Angel, could you look up who played the, the, the priest in the Temple of Doom? The the oh. antagonist. Also, oh shit, there was something. There was a question I had. Oh, based on the water shortage stuff. So it's like how much of this is gonna fall on to people that already probably hardly get enough water so a bunch of corporations well, can use all of it when you're funneling all this water to las vegas okay in the middle of a fucking desert sorry we gotta have the bellagio man <laughs> i'm sure it's nice like i said i've never been there i was discouraged it's, from going i was there when i was 10 so all i could really do is stare at the water but <laughs> well here you go the, the water shortage follows two decades of drought that have strained the colorado river a vital water source for 40 million people Lake Mead, the country's largest reservoir, supplies about 90% of southern Nevada's water. Under the two river agreements, Nevada's 2022 allocation of water from the river will be cut by 21,000 acre feet, nearly 7 billion gallons. Normally, Nevada is entitled to 300,000 acre feet or of water annually. One acre foot is about what two Las Vegas homes use uses over the course of 16 months. Arizona and Mexico will also take cuts, not New Mexico, but Mexico will also take cuts next year under various river agreements. All told, the lower Colorado River basins will scale back its allocation of water by 613,000 acre feet in 2022. At current lake levels, that volume of water is equal to about eight feet of elevation in Lake Mead, the Bureau said. A combination of smaller snowpack, less precipitation, and higher temperatures and drying soils soaking up runoff has led to less water flowing into the Colorado River system, resulting in a 2.5 million acre feet less water flowing into Lake Powell than was expected at the beginning of the year, Bureau officials have said. Monday's water level projections will also change operations at the Glen Canyon Dam, which releases water downstream to Lake Mead from Lake Powell. Because of the projections show Lake Powell's water level below a trigger elevation for the reservoir at the beginning of next year, the Glen Canyon Dam will scale back its downstream releases by 750,000 acre feet. Guys, I've been saying this for a while. If you're, The next war might be fought over water because I tell you what, there's going to be a lot of thirsty people out west if y'all don't fucking figure it out. 
and there's a lot of unsustainability. I mean, I'm not telling people what to do, but I wouldn't want to live someplace where I'm dependent on somebody else for water. That's really scary, really fast. You can walk and ride a fucking horse, but if you if you can't get water, it doesn't really nothing else really matters. I mm-hmm. mean, unfortunately for you. Um just something to consider if any of you are experiencing issues like that out in California or what have you, please get a hold of us. I'd like to hear what you have to say. And then finally, um moving on to um the uh another article that we have. So this is in this is out of the country, of course. So this is where my dog comes from, which is Siberia. This is from the Smithsonian Mag. Nearly 10 million acres of land are burning in Siberia. 10 million acres. Uh, as of early spring, wildfires have been surging through the Tiaga Forest in Siberia. The region hardest hit was the Republic of Sakha in northeastern Russia, also known as Yakutia. The area has 250 fires burning across 2,210 miles of land on July 5th. By mid-July, residents of Yakutsk, the capital of Sakha, were breathing in smoke from over 300 separate wildfires, as reported by the Siberian Times. Clearly a periodical of note. Currently, almost 10 million acres are currently burning. 10 million acres, with one fire alone scorching an area as wide as 2.5 million acres, reports Anne M. Simmons for the Wall Street Journal. The fires are burning so intensely that vast swaths of smoke block sunlight are happening. For the first time in recorded history, smoke from the fires in Siberia have drifted thousands of miles away to reach the North Pole, reports Oliver Carroll for The Independent. The Siberian wildfires are the most substantial than this that are more substantial, excuse me, than this season's blazes in Greece, Turkey, and the United States and Canada combined. Local residents from Yakutia have been under a state of emergency for weeks as smoke continues to smother cities, even though there are thousands of miles away, reports the Moscow Times. Now, a lot of people like to throw climate change at this, and I think that that's fair to talk about it, but is it cyclical? Is there something happening with the planet? Uh, I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are coming together in this puzzle that are kind of fitting together. You know what I mean? And that's why we we went we um we segued from uh, our water situation or more like the out west water situation to what's going on in Siberia. There's wildfires all over the place. Weren't the wildfires out west throwing haze over our skies even here in the motherland? Yeah. I mean, so these are crazy shit. These are all things that it's like everybody can look at this stuff and be like, oh, it's somebody else's problem. But like as long as we keep doing that, it will inevitably become our problem. Sure. And I mean, it was Angel that told me about Randall Carlson and like his I still have to go through all of his material. He's been emailed. He's been emailed to come on the show. We'll see. Oh, that would be spectacular. (laughs) It's going to happen. I can't tell you exactly when, but it's going to happen. <laughs> I hope you're uh, right. We're going we're gonna to manifest that shit. Um, but something that I thought was interesting was how he talked about the cycles of like heating and cooling and how it's like, yeah, humans do play a factor, but it's like nowhere near as much as we give ourselves credit for. Mm. But it's like, it's still not good because you could be trending in the other direction. But it's like still nowhere near like this stuff would mostly be happening anyway. It would probably just be a little slower. But there's like, I don't know how I'd have to learn how he proved that. But like the way he talked about it made sense. But on top of that, it's like maybe, maybe, yeah, it is exactly just the earth is doing this and we don't really have anything but this minuscule amount of power over it. But if people can convince you that it's all because of what we are doing, and then it's like, oh, you guys, you guys at the bottom of the ladder need to use less because you guys are destroying the planet 
so yeah. that way Amazon has more shit and whoever flying my private jet. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But it's like, and then all of this, like, look at what they're trying to do in America about it. Like California, it just honestly sounds like the worst place to be alive ever with all of the shit that gets <laughs> passed there. But it's like, do you think California is solely responsible for any of this? Like, no, like look at China. Look at all of these other, like, you think you can handle it within our borders, but it's like, we're not even the biggest, like, sure, we should cut down our contribution as much as we can, but it's like, if all of this is insignificant anyway, and it's going to happen anyway, why are you yelling at, like, it's, uh, I can't even. That's a fair point. No, that's, that's a very fair point. And, you know, unfortunately, I feel bad. My big issue too, I mean, along with putting smoke into people's lungs, Think about all the wildlife or perhaps species that we haven't discovered yet, especially in Siberia, since it's so remote and it's probably not been explored very well in comparison to other areas. How many different species that we haven't discovered yet that are going to be eliminated and we're never going to know, you know what I mean? Not to mention all of the animals that we do know are there that are suffering, you know, all of all of it. There's so much to consider when stuff like this happens. And quite frankly, it's very it's depressing. But, you know, we have to cover the news doesn't mean we have to like it. Thanks. Now I'm fucking sad, Jay. Well, don't worry. It gets better, man. I am here to turn your frown upside down because, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, shit. It's quiz time. Fuck yeah. You are not getting out of it. Once again, let me remind the audience what is on the line, which is a pleather, fake leather pair of assless chaps. Currently, Brian is in the lead, and thank goodness for that, because I tell you what, if I was in the lead, you wouldn't like what you see. Um. (laughs) We're gonna Still might not like what you see, but we'll just shave, shave first, then then put the chaps on. But we're not going to count our I mean, eggs from yet. What, from what we've talked about on several occasions, you got a pretty clean asshole. So He's got I, you know, there, I know, Brian. Dude, I know. I do need to hit up chaps on that if we get that if you got the chaps on and then cheeks is exposed, that you know if we catch a peep at that bum hole. It's gonna be the cleanest bum hole that we've ever it seen. It might it might blind you, honestly. <laughs> All right, and we're not even at commercial time yet. We haven't even got through the quiz and I'm already aroused. Okay. <laughs> no, just my clean ass. Just I mean, yeah. it's not nothing to do with the chaps. I'm not just much of a leather guy. Clean chili. <laughs> uh this uh this quiz is sponsored by absolutely fucking nobody. So we're gonna go ahead <laughs> and get started. Uh, 10 questions. We all know what's on the line. Already been discussed. Uh, this one, I did uh, mix a few things up. Uh, this should be a little bit easier. We should see a couple of more uh, hits and misses. At least that was what we're hoping for. Um, let's get started. Yeah, Question like, number I had one. to fucking dumb it down a little bit for these <laughs> dummies. No, no, that's not what. It's fucking re can't prepare for it. it I can't expect you. anybody to do well when they can't with like, here's the study materials for the quiz on the Use Guide <laughs> show. Fucking get to work, Chris. I know you're working 10 hours. Fucking study. No, it's not what it's, it's like. like. I never understood how people studied for Jeopardy because it's like, do you know what they're going to ask? Or like, you just get there and they're like, all right, like, here you go. Like, I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea. But I do pretty well at home, but being on the show, probably not so much. But we'll see. Question number one, ladies and gentlemen. Which famous astrophysicist warned that a full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race? Was it A, Steve Hawking, B, Neil deGrasse de Tyson, as Eddie Bravo calls him, also known as Neil deGrasse Tyson, C, the great Carl Sagan, or D, Professor Kaku? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? He's the guy, he's the fellow that's always on uh, how the universe works. He's the um, Japanese American fella. 
Okay. okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yeah. I know. Yeah, He's always on talking about black holes and stuff. He's really smart. Go ahead, Angel. Who's your guess? Uh, I'm going to say A. Angel's going to go with Steve Hawking. Okay. Christopher, what's your guess? Steve Hawking. Christopher is also going with Steve Hawking. And Brian? Steve Hawking. Ladies and gentlemen, we have, for the first time, everybody got the first question right, right out of the gate. I'm already feeling good about this quiz. It is Steve Hawking. Question number two. Time to bring you back. This is going to be a tough one, Angel, so Ooh, get ready. Okay, I'm ready. Communism is not love. Communism is a hammer which we use to crush the enemy. Was it A, Trotsky, B, Mao Zedong, C, the great comrade Lenin, or D. Ho Chi Minh, the Vietnamese revolutionary. Go ahead. Yeah, see that consternation, that sound. I'm gonna say Ho Chi Minh because I, the name is you know kind of cool sounding. Okay. I, I, I have I have nothing. It's an interesting way to select things. Okay, go ahead, Christopher. Lenin. Christopher is gonna say Lenin, and Brian round it out. So wait, it was Trotsky, Mao, Ho Chi Minh, and Lenin. Yeah. Uh Let's see. I'm going to say Mao. Brian's going to say Mao. Ladies and gentlemen, the correct answer was, in fact, Mao Zedong, putting Brian in the lead right now with two. Two in a row, Brian. I mean, this is this is some record shit happening right here. You dick, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. No. <laughs> no is a complete sentence. Uh, number three, never let the future disturb you. You will meet it, if you have to, with the same weapons of reason, which today arm you against the present. Was that A, George Washington, B, Malcolm X, C, Albert Einstein, or D, Marcus Aurelius, the famous Roman emperor? So you have a president, <laughs> a great civil rights leader, one of the smartest human beings ever, or Marcus Aurelius. I'm going to say Marcus Aurelius. Angel's going to say Marcus Aurelius. Christopher, your guess? You repeat the quote one more time. For sure. Me. Never let the future disturb you. You will meet it if you have to with the same weapons of reason which today arm you against the present. Go through the choices again now, too. Sure. George Washington, A. Malcolm X, B. Albert Einstein, C. Or D. Marcus Aurelius. I honestly don't know. All right. Take a guess. I'm going to... I'm just going to say Malcolm X. Christopher's going to say Malcolm X. Brian, your choice, please. Marcus Aurelius. Brian says Marcus Aurelius. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian has three in a row for the first time in the history of the show. It was, in fact, the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius. Question number four. The way to crush the bourgeoisie is to grind them between the millstones of taxation and inflation. Was that A, Che Guevara, B, Vladimir Lenin, C, Kim Il-sung, or D, Grigory Zinoviev? Angel? Um, who is B? Vladimir Ilyich I'm gonna, Ulyanov. Yeah, I pick him. You pick Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov, yes. also known as Lenin. Okay, Christopher? Fuck it, I'm going to go with Lenin again. Christopher is going with Lenin. And Brian, your choice, please. So wait, it was Lenin, Kim Il-sung, and who were the other two? Uh, Grigory Zinoviev and Che Guevara. It's a tough one, I know. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know who 
one of them even is. And then the other three, I don't really know a whole lot about. Uh, yeah, Lennon. You're going to go with Lennon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brian keeps setting records. That's four in a row, right? <laughs> it was Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov, known as Lenin. Question number five. Which U.S. state is the home to the roadside attraction known as the Corn Palace? The state that is home of the Corn Palace. And by the way, Paul, you better not be cheating when you're taking these tests because I know you're sending me pictures of your answer, but if you get frustrated, don't get on your phone and start looking stuff up, okay? Don't, don't cheat. We're gonna do this honestly. No, I'm just kidding. Paul doesn't do that shit. He's in the. Sh- he's doing arrows now. He's at the. He's shooting bow and arrow now. He's in the archery, All which right. is pretty fucking rad. I'm about um, to pick up my bow here soon. Well, you come and pick me up. We need to do that. Okay. It's cool shit. Who? What state? Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, or South Dakota? Angel. Hmm. I think that. The Corn Palace. Yeah, the Corn Palace. So, like, you would want to say Nebraska. Right. Pa- Palacio de Maiz. <laughs> I want I want to say Nebraska. <laughs> but part of me also wants to say South Dakota. Okay, well you got to pick one. I don't know. I'm going to say Nebraska. Angel's going to say Nebraska. Christopher, your guess. Nebraska. Christopher also goes with Nebraska and Brian. Iowa. Brian goes with Iowa. Ladies and gentlemen, the streak has been broken. Ah. The correct answer was South Dakota. See, I <laughs> I didn't right. fear you uh, anyway. Hey. I told you, you got to rely on yourself. Number six. Question, how many? Okay, so we made it halfway through, and that was the first goose egg we threw up. Yeah, we're doing better. We're doing I'm better. Not. I'm doing fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, but you're not wearing chaps. So, I mean, there is a there is a silver lining to not getting quiz time right. I, you know, <laughs> maybe I, maybe I want to wear them. Maybe that's why I'm saying this. <laughs> maybe. You know? uh, question number six. What is the national dish of Scotland? Is it A, a grouper sandwich? B, mutton pie? C, haggis? Or D, blood sausage and mashed potatoes? Angel. Ooh. Mm. I'm gonna say C. You're gonna say C, the haggis. You yeah. sure you don't want to go with the grouper, Sam? The no. sandwich? Okay. Mm-mm. Christopher, your guess. Haggis. Christopher guesses haggis and Brian. Haggis, but I feel like that's just a stereotype. Would you believe, ladies and gentlemen, that it is haggis? Absolutely. So we have a perfect round. All right. Perfect, perfect uh, uh, question. Everybody got it right. Number seven, which United States president is most responsible for the forcible removal and expulsion of Native Americans from their lands? Now, this is a tough one because there's a lot of fucking terrible people. Mm-hmm. Was it A, George Washington, B, Andrew Jackson, C, Thomas Jefferson, or D, Millard Fillmore? C. And uh, Angel's going with Thomas Jefferson. Okay. Christopher? Andrew Jackson. Christopher goes with Andrew Jackson and Brian. Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, it was, in fact, Andrew Jackson. Damn it. Yeah, I'm surprised you got that wrong, Angel, because all you do is research Native American stuff. You don't but even I know just... the guy who was the bane of well, existence. How do you claim responsible? Who's most responsible? The guy directly leading them on the Trail of Tears or the people that made all of that happen behind the scenes? Yeah, right. that's a great point. I just read information about like some stuff and it you know, Jefferson was was mentioned specifically. But, okay. Well, you know, I that's bl- why I picked him. 
Uh, I personally, I blame. Well, either way, you were fucking wrong. Does the, testing bureau, does the testing bureau have access to the same information in order to make <laughs> questions? We're moving on to question number eight. Uh, since you guys love this one so much, we went ahead and did another one. Which of the following is a federal crime? That's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a injuring a government-owned lamp. B ejaculating into a geyser at Yellowstone National Park. <laughs> C smoking tobacco while straddling native land and federal land. Or D walking a cat on a leash inside a federal courthouse. I'm gonna go with the jerking off inside a volcano. <laughs> it's a geyser. geyser. Not a volcano. Yeah, whatever. Geyser. First steam, first steam. You know, it's like <laughs> that's a lot of output. Whoever that is, okay. Ooh, that geyser looks real good. <laughs> Chris, they both go at the same time, like <laughs> getting off clamped over here. <laughs> oh my god! Which one do you think it is? Any. any- Anybody else uh, all their brain blood rushing to the PP right now? I'm just looking at that geyser. <laughs> sir, sir, do you want to come with the rest of the tour? We're going to move on. No, I'll catch up. No, no, no. You guys, yeah, I'll catch up with you guys later. You guys, you guys move along. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me and what I got going on with this sexy ass fucking geyser. Yeah, you know, you're about. looking pretty good Damn. there with the steam coming out of yeah. there. I bet you get a lot of guys coming up for you, huh? You know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead. Just tell me which one you think it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, oh dead, dead kittens and maggots. All right. I got to get back on here. Okay. Which one do you think it is? I hold up. You gotta repeat the choices to me because I keep wanting to talk. I just keep wanting to talk sexy talk to the guys. Man. Oh man! Hey, was it a injuring a government-owned lamp? B the one you already know. <laughs> C smoking tobacco while straddling native land and federal land. Or D walking a cat on a leash inside a federal courthouse. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just keep thinking, like, ooh, baby, you got a good looking blowhole on you. <laughs> uh, well, like, so I kind of want to say the geyser, because, but like, I like, because I know that like some dude recently had gotten in trouble for cooking whole chickens in a geyser. Fucking hell, Jesus. <laughs> wow. He was arrested for that. You want to go with the geyser? It's funny, but I don't know if I'm going to go with the guy. I think I'm going to go. Oh, fuck. I'm going to go with fucking cat on a leash in the courthouse. I'm just going to uh, go out on a limb. All right. And Brian, your answer, please. I was also going to say cat on a leash in a courthouse. Yeah, I swear, if this is right, I'm going <laughs> to fucking travel to your house and punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> Every goddamn question I get right, you get right. And I can't ever get ahead. <laughs> Well, I, I hate to tell you, but uh, that was a big goose egg, ladies and gentlemen. Big goose egg. Oh, Injuring a lamp, a government-owned lamp, which is Damn it, man. 40. That was my initial... Yeah. Injuring a lamp. I should have went with that. Section, the f- section 40, United States Code, subsection 8103. <laughs> it's like, so... So what you're telling me is it's not illegal to... <laughs> no, that's still open. 
<laughs> it won't make it in federal court at least like they'll get you they'll get you wyoming um it's a big place it is number nine number nine ladies and gentlemen which country claimed it would eliminate eliminate all of its rats stoats and possums by the year 2050 was it a south africa b guatemala c mongolia or d new zealand angel your guess please uh i don't know um i want to say south africa you're gonna say south africa i don't know okay i don't even know if they have possums there neither do i guatemala christopher is gonna go with guatemala and brian your answer please we got new zealand south africa guatemala guatemala and where mongolia Mongolia, goddamn Mongolian. <laughs> I thought I thought you said Venezuela, and I was like, well, they're probably eating all of them. But no, no, no. Yeah, that's why North Korea didn't make it on here because they wouldn't have any of that. Dude, did you listen to that podcast? By the way, yes. Yeah, tough listen. I've heard yeah. her before. She was on Lex Friedman's show, and yeah, and she, and she wrote a book. Yeah. Answer time. I want to know the answer to Let's the fucking see. question. Get back on the rails. Guatemala. You also will go with Guatemala, ladies and gentlemen. We have another fat zero. And the answer is New Zealand. Shit, New Zealand. Man. Uh, number ten. I guess they have a, don't have a problem with ticks because possums eat ticks. But whatever, you know. Right. As I say, what's their problem with possums? They're, I don't know. They, they they're like, crazy. and they're like, they're like, uh, aren't aren't possums like resistant to Lyme disease or some shit mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, like, exactly. Or, or maybe, oh, maybe, and they're is it rabies that they're immune to? Yeah, they're immune to a lot of shit. I mean, they yeah, yeah, they're like, like, stuff. they're not like, like, for some odd reason, like everybody thinks that they're like these filthy, rabid fucking creatures. Not they're at like, all. Like they're like it in it, like North America is only like marsupial. Uh, I think it something something's North America is only marsupial. That might be it. I can't remember. Wow, because there's there's possums and opossums, and I yes. think we have possums here. Interesting. I don't know. They eat ticks. That's all I know. And I yeah. hate ticks. Yeah, yeah dude, they, ticks are eat ticks. disgusting. The enemy I of fucking, all dogs. I, dude, yeah. Like, I fucking, oh, dude, I fucking hate them so bad. I hate yeah. them. Yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. They need, we need more of them. So I don't know what New Zealand's problem is. But, and finally, question number 10, ladies and gentlemen. Question number 10 in Egyptian hieroglyphics, what god is represented by the decorated eye? You know, the fancy decorated eye? Mm hmm. Is it A, Osiris, B, Anubis, C, Ra, or D, Horus? Angel. It's D. Angel's going to go with Horus. Okay. Christopher, your answer, I'm please. I'm going to go with C, Ra. Christopher's going to go with C, Ra. And Brian, your answer, please. Horus. Brian's going to go with Horus. Uh, at the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the answer, of course, was D, Horus. Um, so Brian finishes this. We had a great performance. So last week, just for perspective, Angel got one question. No, I, got, right? I thought I got zero. No, you got one. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, Chris got three and Brian got five. This week, Christopher got four. Angel got five and Brian got seven. So those assless chaps start coming a little bit closer into the rearview mirror. So Brian is the lucky winner as he marches towards victory and a bare ass. So congratulations. I hope you're keeping score at home. 
Paul, I know, is, and um, he didn't do too well the last time, but that's okay. You're not, I mean, you're not, you don't know what's coming. There's nobody gets these answers ahead of time. That's, you know, that, that defeats the purpose. So, with the conclusion of quiz time, um, I, the big announcement, we're going to have a guest next week. That's from the Pacific Northwest, not Comrade Klaus. He's a bit busy right now, but that's okay. He's welcome back anytime. We have an individual talking to us from um, uh, the Pacific Northwest, specifically in Oregon, and we're going to be discussing Portland. Uh, what about Portland? I'll allow you to guess, but it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Um, in conclusion, I would also like to remind everybody to please check out the blog and subscribe on uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. If you wouldn't mind, please, that would be excellent. Before we close out, I'd like to hand it over to Christopher and then the rest of the group to see if you have anything else. Do we have any big announcements band wise? We have another show coming up because it's the only place that I'm going to be able to go. What do you have, Chris? Nothing uh, at the moment. Um, nah, no, nothing at the moment. But uh, we're we're working on it. We're actually, well, actually, I guess I can say it like we're we've gotten one step closer to being able to completely DIY our own record instead of paying to go have it recorded somewhere. My drummer got uh, an an electric drum kit, which is going to be so much easier for recording. Like we don't even need to mic it up now. We can just hook it in through a MIDI input and then record everything digitally and it's pretty cool. so that's pretty rad so i mean we got that. So, so we're gonna start it's working. Rad as well. we are we are gonna start working on our uh full-length album so i'm stoked so, so yeah so we got that going on so that's cool um it's gonna save us a heck of a lot of money i mean like my drummer like spent some money on it but it wasn't like nearly as expensive as what i thought it was gonna be he, he spent like 650 bucks and got uh got this drum kit which really isn't bad um and and it's pretty rad he brought it over and we, we were playing around with it like it's pretty cool and you can change the sounds and do all kinds of different stuff and like the first question i asked him i was like he's like i'm like so if you can use like a midi controller i'm like you can like pretty much edit it to be whatever sounds you want right he's like yeah i was like it'd be cool as fuck to turn everything into some sort of different fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, I wanna make, like, I want this drum kit to all sound like different farts and I want to play a beat and farts, man. That's, that's all I want to do. Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. I can't wait to hear the album. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping for an autographed copy, of course, uh, but oh, um, I can't wait to see the band uh, play again. Super fun time. Those that if were there. I, we haven't really discussed it, but I'm thinking that if we, since we're going to save money um, from recording, like we might do like, like limited, like a limited run of like vinyl press of like the. Ooh, now, now you're talking. Yeah. Like that's that, right up my be, alley. It'd be kind of expensive. So it'd be like, like, like really limited, but it'd be something that like I'd be willing to bankroll or fund. That'd be awesome. It would be. I want, that yeah. would be. Yeah, I'm all about that. I'm all about vinyl. So Very cool if stuff. If anybody wanted an autographed copy once it's done and released, which, mind you, like, like this might take several months upwards to maybe even almost a year, just depending on how finicky we get sure. with the recording. But yeah, I would like that's what I would like to do since we're saving money on that. Definitely get some vinyl press in that way. You know, you want God, that would be great, copy. dude. There you go. You got a vinyl, autograph vinyl. That'd be cool. That that's I'm super stoked. I'm really excited now. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, is that it? Do you got anything else? Uh, no, nothing, nothing pertinent. Just, just that. So, that's still 
I think that's probably the best news. That's awesome because the news cycle is really poor this week. So uh, that's the best news. Uh, Angel, do you have anything that you would like to add? I do not know. Um, you know, it just really sucks that the Colorado River and Lake Mead and, you know, surrounding areas are being depleted of water for, um, you know, unsustainable conditions. And I find that really, really disappointing. And that's all I have to say. Uh, yeah, I concur. You're right. Uh, Brian, what do you have in conclusion? Oh, man. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff. I don't want to dive too deep into any of it right now, but broad strokes. So at the start of this week, quit my job and like got out of that. And I've literally just been trying to jump into everything that I've wanted to do instead since then. So uh, I partnered up with one of my friends. Uh, his I off. Oh, I think he'd be fine with it. Uh, Chad Tennant. And he's, he has an, he has a lot of ideas for content. I have a lot of ideas for content. We started, uh, he started a Facebook page and a YouTube channel and we're getting together to, it's called from scratch IRL, like in real life. And uh, there's a Facebook page for it, a YouTube page for it. I can uh, send over links for the show notes and everything. And basically he, his goal that he's bringing me in on is to demonstrate like, Times are tough right now. A lot of people are really fed up with their jobs and they feel like they don't have a lot of say in their day-to-day lives or people are getting really fed up and they want to do all this stuff on their own, but they're afraid to take the leap. So I figure I'm in a perfect opportunity where I walked out. I don't really have anything lined up. It's the first time I've ever done that. And we're just going to go out and uh, start playing around with science and see what we can make happen and channel whatever gains we make there into inspiring the community so that other people can realize that they can do it too. And corporate America doesn't have you by the balls, even though they really want you to think that. Sure. So that's, that's something we're working on right now. Uh, we're meeting up. We have to, it's a lot of work up front and it might be a little bit before content comes out, but I'll update you uh, with everything that's going on with that. I, I started a YouTube channel as well for speaking of rad stuff earlier. Uh, rad Science is a YouTube page that I'm starting. So that way I can just dive into stuff that I find fascinating, see how it relates to other people. If other people want to know stuff, it's like, I've got nothing but time right now. Uh, I'll start tearing stuff apart, asking questions, finding answers. Uh, and then on top of that, I started a Twitch too, because I want to start streaming and I have our show plugged on there and the website plugged on there as well. I mean, I don't have any subscribers yet, but we're going to fix that. All in so, good time. Yeah. So I'm going to stream stuff like escape from Tarkov and whatever else we'll start. I got to play that game eventually. You really do. It's like, it's spectacular. And then, like I said, I've got ideas that we could do for uh help out some advertising for oh, our yeah. friend. Oh, yes. Is that, is that it for now? Yeah, that's everything for now. I'll keep everybody updated. Okay, this is going to force me to stay on it as well. So Beautiful. Yeah. Excellent. And speaking of advertising and whatnot, I mean, what would a used guys in that podcast uh, show finale be without a shameless plug for some of the most fantastic homemade gay soap that you could ever get your hands on and get your ass into? So... Ladies and gentlemen, it is the dog days of summer, but as summer concludes and we transition to fall or autumn, depending on where you're from and how you say it, we all know that we get a little bit closer. We snuggle underneath the blankets. It gets a little bit cooler outside. 
but that means that unwanted smells from your asshole, your taint, your undercarriage, they could possibly get in, in the way of romantic uh, liaisons underneath those covers during autumn. Well, I have the solution to those problems, and so does Todd. It's called Todd's Gay Soap, also known as Akron Apothecary. It is the, is the official sponsor, first uh, sponsor of the Use Guys in That podcast. So when you're thinking about fall and you're thinking about getting cozy next to a fire, perhaps getting into some extracurricular activities, and you're wondering, gee, I spent all day outside raking leaves and cleaning up the yard and preparing for winter and whatnot. Maybe you're working all day. Maybe you've got <laughs> trucker's ass and you've been sitting on your ass driving a truck all over the place, and you have a strong case of trucker's ass because you stopped at one of those chili stops where you had the homemade house chili, which, quote, is the best in the state, when you both, you and I know that's not true, and it gave you a very strong <laughs> case of diarrhea. Now you need to get cleaned up before you get under those covers and start, you know, tongue punching someone's fart box or having yours punched. Don't let it happen with the dirty asshole and don't let it happen with detergent soap. Let it happen with Todd's Gay Soap. Akron Apothecary, homemade cold press soap. You've seen the operation if you follow the Instagram page. It's a real thing. Todd's a real person. And he really needs you to buy the soap because he really wants you to have a clean asshole because it is soap for that. It surely is. And it's support the gay community. Don't be a bigot. Don't be a piece of shit that doesn't like gay people. I don't even want you to listen to the show. If you've gotten this far, you know what you're here for. You're here for the gay soap. You're here for a clean ass. And you're here to listen to my advice. It's unsolicited advice, but you're going to take it because it's my fucking show. We'll talk to you guys very soon. Uh, Best wishes to everybody. Um, Stay out of Afghanistan unless you're buying weapons. And if you are, let let, let your friends know. Because that's super exciting. I'd love to learn to fly a Black Hawk helicopter. Anyway, bye, everybody. Have a great week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.